You see, the thing about holding two passports is you get to choose who you're supporting on the day. Hey, whoever's winning is the team I'm supporting because I'm quite competitive. So that's quite cool. But when I just want to say it's just so great to be here with you this evening and to just be part of what God is doing here at King's in this season and in this time. And, you know, when I was thinking about... um, about tonight, God reminded me of a story that, something that happened to me about four years ago now. And it was, I'd just become a chaplain at Livingston. I must tell you that the reason they asked me to become a chaplain was because they had two chaplains, but the one had broken his wrist and the other one had broken her foot. And so they needed somebody that was more able-bodied at the time to, to kind of join the chaplaincy team. So that's how I got into chaplaincy at Livingston. But it got to the end of the first term I was there, and the grade 11 and 12, cert 3 in physical education students were going on an outing. And as you might have noticed, I'm not an expert in that field. But um, what happened was, is the, the, the male chaplain came to me and he said, Sue, you're going to need to go on this outing because they need a chaplain and none of us can go because we have broken bones. So you're going to be that person. So I'm thinking, oh, that's cool. It can't be that bad. So I didn't do any research. I didn't prepare myself for this um, ex- particular excursion. But I remember waking up on the day feeling a little bit apprehensive as to what was actually going to take place because we were on our way to Thunderbird Park and to the treetop canopy challenge. That's it. And so I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. But I thought I'm going to arrive for for the day. There There was an added problem here. It was pouring with rain. Okay, so I'm thinking, they're going to cancel this thing for sure. This is not going to happen. That's awesome. We'll get in the bus. We'll go home. I'll get a day off. You know, that's great. I'll go and have a cup of coffee. Anyway, we get there, and they go, no, this thing's definitely going ahead. And as I'm getting on the bus, the male chaplain comes alongside me, and he goes, I just want you to know this is going to break you. And he says, I just want you to know you are going to cry today. And I'm like, wow, that's not so cool. Now I'm really like, you know, the the butterflies are going, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. And we get there, and they get us all geared up, and we've got the gloves, and we've got harness, all kinds of things. And we get onto the first lot of of, um, challenges. I don't know what they're called. And um, anyway, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I was high above the ground. I'm not keen on hearts, but anyway, that was okay. But the further we went, the more it rained, and then it was actually lightning as well. Now, if you know, I grew up in a home with my mom. Some of the South African harvesters are there. No, my mother's petrified of lightning. So what she would do is, we would have to go under a bed. She would close the curtains and cover every mirror in the house. She was a woman of faith, unless it was lightning, okay? And so this is what I grow up in. Now I'm outside in the tree canopy, It's pouring with rain and it's lightning and I'm like attached to wire things, okay? And anyway, we got to this one point and this is the point of my story. We got to this one point and as I looked out, the rest of the students, they were gone, man. They were flying through those trees. I actually felt sorry for the school instructor because she was like behind me, revving me on. I'm meant to be encouraging kids. She's encouraging me. The kids aren't in sight. But anyway, I'm standing there and as I looked out, I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to make this. Because what they had was they had wood, like planks, but they were like further than my stretch. And there was no, no pole, you know, like 
uh, rope up here is they were down here. Now, that doesn't give you much stability when you're trying to move from here to here. And I'm thinking, God, I'm never going to make it. And I'm praying. And I'm like, Lord, you said we'd do greater things than you ever did. You said that, you know, like you transported people in the spirit. You did all of this stuff. Father, I'm asking you to do that right now. I'm asking you to lift me up and place. And it didn't happen. So at that point, I'm hanging on for dear life. And I'm like, I can't just stand here. There are people behind me. I can't go back. That's going to cause a problem. I'm going to have to go forward. And I'm, stretch, and I'm thinking, I'm going to stretch beyond what I've ever stretched in my life. And I gave it my all, and I'm praying as I'm doing it, and I stretched, and I made the first one. But you know what? There was still another one, and there was still an eighth one, and there was still a tenth one, and there was still a twelfth one until I got to the other side. And I mean, you meters. Has anyone done that? Has anyone been on that thing? It's horrible. Don't do it. But anyway, but what God taught me in that taught me in that moment was what it meant to stretch. What it meant to stretch far beyond what I thought I was capable of. And all I had to hold on to was him. The title of my message this evening is, It's Stretching Time. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this time together. I thank you for all that you are already doing in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence, that you are moving, that you are touching, that you are shifting, that you are breaking things off us even now in Jesus' name. And so, Father, I pray that as I speak, it will not be with wise and persuasive words, but rather with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. The scripture tonight has already been shared, so that's awesome. We're all on the right page. It's from Isaiah 54, 2 to 3, and it says this, Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the left and to the right. It's time to stretch. It's time to stretch. I don't know where you find yourself right now. I don't know what circumstance you're in right now, but I know that God is saying to us as a church, to us as a community, and to us as individuals that it's time to stretch. And, you know, Pastor Ben has been speaking on Get Your Hopes Up in the morning series, and Pastor Noah spoke last week on Move Now, and I really believe that there is a message that we need to be taking out of what God is saying to us at this time, and it's we need to move and we need to stretch so that he can enlarge and he can extend and he can multiply within our lives to affect a community out there. Amen. It's not all about us. It is, but it's more than us. He wants to flow in and through us to affect a community. You know, when you came in tonight, this is what I wanted to give you. I wanted to give everybody a rubber band because you know that rubber bands need to stretch to become effective. To be able to be used, they need a stretch for flexibility. Now, I asked two people, in fact, I asked three people before tonight. I asked Sopa, I asked my son Simon, and I asked Jazz. I said, if I give you a rubber band when you walk in here, what are you going to do? And they all said they'd shoot each other. So as a result, you don't have the rubber band in your hand, but you are welcome to take one to remind you after the service, okay? But rubber bands are there to stretch they need to be flexible, and they need to stretch to be able to perform what they're meant to do. They, and when they stretch, they are under tension and under stress. And who knows, that when it's time for us to stretch, it's often uncomfortable. But this is what the word stretch means. It says to be capable of being made longer and wider without tearing or breaking. It's to cause something to reach as far and as long as possible. That's what I was doing, believe me, when I was up there. 
to extend or enlarge beyond one's usual or regular limits, to make demands on one's capacity or resources, to make maximum use of something. To make maximum use of something. That what, that's what God wants to do in each one of our lives and through each one of our lives. He wants us to stretch beyond our capability and our resources. You know, for those of you that are into exercise, I have a few exercise fanatics in my house. The one thing you have to do before you exercise is? The one thing you have to do before you exercise is? Stretch. Because if you don't stretch, it's not going to go well for you. The more you stretch, the more flexible you are, and the more you, are, um, you won't be prone to injury, right? And I mean, we laugh in our house because Garnet won't take part in any sport unless he stretched for about 45 minutes, literally. You probably know that, Nathan, before he gets in his kayak and whatever, this whole stretching routine takes place. It's quite something to see and behold. But stretching is really, really important because we need a stretch to become more flexible and to be able to achieve more without becoming injured. And so the first, I want to look at a, a particular story in the Bible. Now we know that there are many people that are famous in the Bible, and the reason they're famous is they were prepared to stretch. They were prepared to enter into the stretch with God. And so the, the story I want to look at in greater detail is actually from Matthew 14, verse 25 to 32. And it's when Jesus sent his disciples out on the boat, and it says this, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. There are four keys, I believe, in this story that prepare us for the stretch. The first one is we need to get ready. We need to get ready and be prepared for God to speak to us, God to lead us, and to break in to our situation. You see, there was a whole, there was all 12 disciples were in that boat. They were all in the boat. They were going across the water. Some of them were fishermen, so that was a comfortable place for them to be. There was a bit of turbulence going on because of the wind and because of the elements, but they were all in the boat together. But when they looked out and they saw Jesus coming and they responded in fear, there was only one disciple who was prepared at that moment to call out to him in his response and move on the command that he gave him. One disciple was ready and prepared and willing. The other 11 were just sitting there. Now you think about it. Peter calls out and he says to the Lord, he says, um, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. 
He was ready. He was waiting. He was stretch, about a stretch. Now, any one of those disciples could have said, oh, I want to come too, Lord. But they didn't. They sat back watching what was going to unfold. We need to get ready and be ready to move on his command, to move at his word. Because when it's in his word and when it's at his word, we know that he's not going to leave us and he's not going to forsake us. We know that his promises are good and they are for, to give us a hope and a future. We know that he says that when he is with us, that the plans for us are greater than anything that we could imagine. His plans for us are good. They're to build us up, not to tear us down. And so when we get ready, we need to be ready to move at his word. The problem is, is that often we start to listen to the people around us. We start to listen to what's happening on the news or what's happening in our social circle. And then that cripples us. And so we don't move at his word, but we move at other people's word. And when we do that and we fail, who's the first person we blame? We blame God. God, how could you let this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? I thought you were a good God. And God's saying, you made a choice, but you listened to the wrong voice. And so we've got to be very careful as to whose voice we are listening to. Where are we inclining our ear? Because if we're listening to everybody else and we're moving in, in uh, on a direction of their word, it's not going to go well for us. We need to be hearing God for his word. And when he speaks, we need to move. I love this in John 2, 5, where Jesus was about to perform the first miracle ahead of the time that he thought he would be um, doing miracles. But it says this in John 2, 5, when Mary turned to the people there and she says, whatsoever he says to you to do, do it. Whatever he says to you to do, do it. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, whatever he says to you to do, do it. And then turn to the person on your other side and say it with more conviction. Whatever he says for you to do, do it. Okay? We need to do what he says we need to do, but we need to be ready for him to speak. Peter was ready. When Jesus spoke, he responded and he was ready. He placed himself in that position. Where are you positioning yourselves? What are you aligning yourselves with? I'm speaking to myself as well. It's a daily choice that we have to make, particularly in the world we're living in because there is so much social media out there. There is so much going on. Where are you aligning yourself? Who are you listening to? You know, in our life story, my husband is going to smile, so I'll probably just walk past him at this stage and stand here. But many years ago, maybe not many, maybe about eight years ago, God came to me and he said, oh, I've been applying for visas for Australia. Problem was, he hadn't told me he was applying for visas to Australia. In fact, Garnet had even got himself a job in Australia that I didn't know about. That's how determined he was. And at that point, I'm not stubborn, but, you know, at that point, Garnet said to me one night, oh, in three weeks' time, I'm leaving for Australia, and then in a few months' time, you're going to join me. And I was like, nah, not getting on that plane. It's the one place I'm not going. And, and he's like, no, serious. And I'm like, no, I'm also really serious. Has God spoken to you? And he was like, oh, 
I said, yeah, well, then that's why I'm not going. So anyway, so a few, well, he turned down that job, and we rolled forward however many months, maybe a year, two years. And um, Ghana came back to me, and he said, I think God's saying, and I'm like, have you heard God this time? It's like, well, I was like, well, when God speaks to me, I'll move. But let me tell you something. I should never have said that. Because when you put yourself out there like Peter, God moves and God speaks, if it's his will, okay? And the South Africans there know a little bit of my story, but um, I was not going to come to Australia. That was the one country I was not coming to, and it wasn't because I didn't love you. It's the most like South Africa I love. You know, I'd lived in England. It's far better. Not Well, I shouldn't go there. But anyway, so it's, I mean, it's sunny, okay? There's beaches. There's all that stuff, which is very similar to back home. But the reason I didn't want to come to Australia out of all the countries was because I'd been set free from fear, debilitating fear at the age of 18. I was delivered of fear. And a lot of South Africans, not all, but a lot of South Africans come to Australia or to Canada or whatever because of fear. And so I didn't want to be painted with that brush. So God needed to speak to me really clearly if I was going to move to Australia. Because I'd said, I'll go anywhere, God, but Australia. Praise the Lord. And so last week I became an Australian citizen. So you know God does move. The impossible is possible in God. But you know what? I was ready to, if God spoke, I was ready to move. And God didn't speak once. He spoke two times, three times, four times, five times. Till um, Bob Hazlett was at Harvest and now gone into that meeting. A lot of people had said, you're moving, you're going here, you're going there. And most, it was Australia. And this guy came and there was one thing that nobody knew I'd been praying, no matter which country I was going to be in. Lord, I want a swimming pool in my backyard. And nobody knew that. I don't even swim in the swimming pool. But anyway, I want a swimming pool in my backyard. And when I visited Australia, no one I visited had a swimming pool. So I thought, that's a safe bet. You know, it's not going to be Australia. Anyway, Bob Hazlett, this prophetic guy, came to our church and he he got us to stand up and he said, you're going to another place and you're moving and like a Josh and a cat, whatever, whatever. And then he goes, and I don't know why I'm saying this and I don't know why God, you want me to say this, but she, wa- anyway, you're going to have a pool in your back garden. And I was like, okay, I'm off to Australia, praise God. And, uh, and here we are and I'm very grateful that God did this. But I was, pr- I, at that stage, I didn't want to, it was against everything in me, but I moved at God's word. And God has done a miraculous work in that space of time. We need to move when he speaks. The second point that I want to speak about from that story is we need to make room for the stretch. You need to make room. Now, you think about those disciples. They're in that boat. They're sitting there. They're watching the, you know, the elements going on around them. They don't know where Jesus is. Next minute, they see this person coming out. They think it's a ghost. They are terrified, it says. They are petrified. They are fearful, just like I was when I was standing up on those ropes, okay? But Jesus wasn't walking towards me when I was on those ropes, let me tell you. I had to imagine he was there, and I had to hang on with everything I had. But those disciples see Jesus coming, and Peter responds. But he is as fearful as the rest, but he's got to make room for the stretch that he's about to take. He's got to put this fear, the anxiety, the everything aside to be able to call out and to stretch and to step out of that boat. The other disciples, they're sitting there. What are they consumed by? Fear? Doubt? Is this really Jesus? Who is this guy? All these things going on, and they get consumed by that. But here's Peter, and he's willing to make room and to move on God's command And let me tell you, I bet you he was doing it afraid. I bet you he was doing it afraid. 
And many times when God calls us out into the stretch, it doesn't mean we're going to be without fear. It doesn't mean we're going to be without anxiety, without concern, but he calls us out and we get to move even in that place. Peter was willing to do that. He was willing to make room in his life for that which God was going to do. And it, I love this word, declutter. We need to declutter. We need to get rid of the stuff that is taking up the space that God wants to occupy in our lives, the stuff that is stopping us from stepping out into all that he has for us, the stuff that is restricting the stretch for us. It says this, this is what the word declutter means, rid yourselves of the things that are trying to create disorder, trying to hold you back or weigh you down. Rid yourself of those things. For the health fanatics in the room, it's like detoxifying, okay? You remove the toxic substances that are in your body that are affecting you. God is calling us to declutter. And how do we do that? We examine our heart, we examine our life, and we say, what is taking up the room that God wants to occupy right now? What is taking up the room that is stopping me from moving out into everything that God has for me? What sports, what activities, what addictions, what relationships, what hobbies are taking up your time so that you can't truly stretch into all that God has called you to. We need to have a look at what we're investing our strength into, what we're investing our time into, both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that is taking up our time and taking up the space that God is looking for in each one of our lives. And then we need to ask ourselves, are they really worth it in the bigger picture? Are they really worth it? You know, for us to make room, we need to let the Holy Spirit in to do a deep work in us, to declutter the junk, to push the buttons that need to be pushed so that we can move and we can stretch. One of the biggest crippling things that will stop you from entering your next level, your next season, the next thing God has for you, from reaching your breakthrough and the miracles that you are actually crying out for, is fear. Fear and a poor self-esteem are the things that will stop you, that will hijack you, that will hold you captive, that will cripple you. An offense. There's so many, but mainly fear. In this instance, in this story, it was their fear. And it's crouching there waiting to take you down. But you know what? God is bigger than that. He's bigger than the fear. He's bigger than the disappointment. He's bigger than the hurt. He's bigger than the offense. He's bigger than the pain. He's bigger than the unforgiveness. He's bigger than all of that. And he can step into that place and he can push them aside and he can free you from that stuff so that you can move in to all that he's got for you. We've got to leave stuff behind. We've got to allow him to break stuff off. You know, sometimes it's not even bad things. My kids are going to laugh at this point, but over the last six months probably, actually some of the chaplains will too, I've had an app on my phone. The word game, it's not a bad game. 
it's, it's letters and you make words. And I'm going to confess, I got to level 2,900. And that comes with time and effort. Okay, that comes with a lot of time and effort. So I was waking up in the morning and the first thing I'd do was put on my phone and do the challenge for the day. But before I knew it, half an hour later, I'm still on there because then you need the next level and the next level and the next level. And then if I had downtime at all during the day, I was on that phone and I was playing the next level and the next level, I did work out a way to cheat. But anyway, that's also okay. That's why I climbed a few levels more than I probably should have. But the thing is, it was consuming my time. Was it a bad thing? No, not necessarily. But it became a habit and an addiction that I needed to break. So my kids will be very happy to know that I haven't touched that game. My phone tells me in about two weeks now. So that's pretty good. Um, the next step is actually to delete it off my phone. And I will be doing that tonight when I get home. But sometimes it doesn't seem like a bad thing. But you need to make room to allow God to move. Okay? It could be your exercise or your gym. It could be a TV program. It could be TikTok. Just putting it out there for the Pimpima teens. Okay? Um, it could be any of those things. But then, of course, it could be far bigger things, like specific addictions, pornography, drugs, alcohol, whatever that may look like, and un, uh, a relationship that isn't great isn't healthy. Okay, God's asking us to make room. The third step is this, we need to step out. You knew that was coming, Peter stepped out of the boat. And you know, the boat was familiar to him. The boat was a comfortable place for him. It was his safety net. Okay, but there came that point where he was ready, he heard Jesus speak to him, and he was now ready and positioned himself to step out onto that water. Did it mean it was going to be a safe place? No. Did it mean it was going to be easy? No. But he focused his eyes on Jesus. He locked into him and he began to, and he stepped out from the comfort zone, first into the obedience zone because he was listening to Jesus call him and say, come. And then he stepped into a faith zone and began to develop the faith muscle as he stepped out onto that water. And for some of us, God is positioning your miracle, your breakthrough, your next season out of your reach, just like he did for me on those ropes and taught me a lesson. It, we, he positions it out of our reach, so we have to reach out to him, lean into him, because he's the only one that's going to get us through and get us to the other side. He positions it outside of our reach. It's a faith step. And when he does that, it's so that we can rely on him, we can lean into him, and we can allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, to work in us, to lead us, to guide us, to speak to us, to teach us, to empower us, to enable us, because we don't get to do it alone, because we couldn't even if we wanted to. He calls us out into the stretch, so he can stretch us, he can expand us, and he can position his purpose for our lives. But we have to take the risk. We have to take the risk. I'm going to try and say this word and get this word right. I was practicing it before with some of the people in the prayer meeting. But, you know, you've got your faith muscles. They need to be stretched. They need to be extended. And we know that even with um, an elastic band, which is gone now, but with an elastic band, when you stretch it, do you know that it never goes back to its original position? It develops a new norm. And it's more flexible. And then you stretch it more and it develops a new norm. 
And that's what God wants to do with each of us, that each time we develop that faith muscle, we develop a new normal. And then we develop another normal. If you think about it, when you go into a gym, I used to once upon a time, and you'd start with like, you know, the, the two kg, I did. Then you go to the three kg, a few, maybe a week later. Then it gets a little bit better and you go to the four, and I know some of you are pushing 40 or whatever, that's awesome. That will never be in my lifetime. But anyway, we go, uh, you know, yeah, that's not gonna happen for me. But that's what happens. You develop the faith muscle. But if you don't, what happens to your muscles is they atrophy. I got it right, praise God. And they atrophy. What does that mean? They gradually decline in effectiveness, usefulness, or vigor due to underuse and neglect. That's what happens if you don't use that faith muscle. It declines. It becomes useless. Now I want to look at just very quickly a few people in the Bible, just a mention of each. Look at Noah. He stretched. God comes, he goes, Noah, build me an ark. There hadn't been a drop of rain for how long? You can imagine Noah standing there, are you serious, God? God says, build me an ark, gives him the dimensions. It takes years and years and years. He's thinking, what is this all about? But he's still stretching. He's still stretching. He's still believing. And what does God do? That moment comes. It saved his family and it saved a nation because he was willing to stretch. You look at the woman with the issue of blood. She's, been, she's had this issue for 12 years. She hears that Jesus is walking past. What does she do? She stretches to touch the hem of his garment. And what did it get her? It got her her healing. You look at the man with the withered hand in the synagogue and Jesus comes up to him and he says, stretch forth your hand. And you can imagine the shame that that man has lived with for many, many, many years because of this withered hand, because of the deformity. And Jesus says, stretch out your hand. Can you imagine everything? Is he going to make a fool of me? Are people going to laugh at me? He stretches it forth for his healing. You look at David, he developed a faith muscle. He took down a bear, he took down a lion, and then he took down Goliath, and he saved his nation. Those are the kind of things that happen when we stretch, and if God did it for them, he will do it for you. Tonight, you might need to be stretching for your healing. You might need to be stretching for breakthrough in a family. You might need to be stretching for breakthrough in, um, in finance. You might need to be stretching for breakthrough in your mental health. You might need to be stretching for breakthrough in your emotional health, but what is he doing? He's calling us to stretch. You cannot be passive. We have to be active, proactive, and be risk takers. It requires us to lean into the Holy Spirit. Give up your safety nets. Give up our safety nets. For me, it was when I was standing on that platform and I had to take this first step off the platform to the next place and to the next place. The fourth one is this. We need to hold on. We need to hold on. Because let me tell you, the people around you are going to tell you to give up. The people around you are going to tell you it's not worth it. The people around you are going to say, what are you doing that for? I'm speaking to some of the young people here. I really felt this in the worship this tonight. Pimpama, grade eights. You're about to go on a camp tomorrow. And I felt God say to me very strongly, that you have a prime opportunity over the next three days to stand for him, to be his lifeline for some of those girls 
on that camp. He's calling you to stand up and to stand out and to take risk, even in your cabins, even in your day groups. Chanel, you're a born leader. You're a person that can draw people to yourself. You're a person that has many gifts and talents. And God is saying, don't put them under a stone. But also don't let others speak over you what is not his words over you. He's called you out. He's positioned you in a new position. And he's calling you to stretch, to make him famous, to make him known to the people around you. And you've got a group around you, Millie. He's called you. You are standing up and you're standing strong. Don't let anybody take you down. Don't let anybody take you down. Don't let anybody speak anything over you that is not what God is speaking over you or Jesus is singing over you right now. Guys, you've got a chance to change this group. This is your time. This is your time. Ethan, when I walked in here this evening, gee, I can, when I walked in here this evening, I saw you sitting there at the back behind the desk. And I felt God say to me, you have been faithful, you have been steadfast, and you are not shaken. And I felt God say the time of being at the back and the time of being behind the desk, spiritually, is over. He's calling you out and He's calling you into the forefront because there's anointing on your life and there's there's a group of people for you to touch that no one else can. Because they're looking for somebody that will come alongside and stand alongside that is strong in their faith and will not waver. There's an anointing on you to come alongside, to stand, to support, to lift up people's hands just as they did with Moses so that they can walk through the fire, that they can walk through everything that the world throws at them and you will stand there with them. We need to hold on. Peter, when he was looking at Jesus and focusing on him, he was walking on the water, but the minute he took his eyes off him, he began to sink. But you know, the goodness of God is even if you're in that place and you feel like you've been sinking or you feel like you're in um, sinking sands or you're going through the fire or you're going through the water, whatever it is, as soon as Peter called out, Jesus took his hand and he experienced the grace of a loving father. And that's what he wants to do for each of us. You know, the greatest stretch that ever happened in the Bible was when Jesus stretched for us. The greatest miracle that ever took place was when He stretched for us. He stretched out His arms on a cross. He conquered your sin. He conquered your sickness. He conquered your demons. He conquered the enemy. He conquered the grave. He conquered hell. He stretched out His body and He said, it is finished. And at that moment, we stepped into victory. And at that moment, we can now say we are redeemed, we are accepted, we are forgiven, we are healed, we are delivered in Jesus' name. And I don't care what is trying to come against you or what position you find yourself in, we need to make a choice to partner 
and align ourselves with Him. We need to be ready. We need to get rid of the stuff that's hindering us. We need to step out in faith and hold on because He will take you to the other side. And as He does that, it will affect others when they see what He is doing in your life. That's our God. That's our God. The stretch is not without Him. The stretch is in Him. It's through Him. Hannah, I saw you earlier worshiping. And God says, sometimes you've underestimated yourself. There is an incredible anointing on your life to prophesy with words of knowledge, to speak out encouragement, to build people up and to come alongside people. And God says he sees what you've done in a quiet place that other people haven't seen. He sees the way you've stepped out and you've encouraged and you've built up people that other people have not seen. There've been some disappointments along the way, but God says don't give up because there is so much more that you are stepping into and your words are gonna affect the lives of many. You're gonna see many people set free and break into a new space because of that which you're gonna sing over them. You're gonna start singing over people. And as you sing, things are gonna shift and things are gonna break over their lives. Amen. Amen. There was a few others up here. There's my paper. I was just jotting down some things as God was bringing them to me. Somebody here, when we, in, when we start uh, worshiping again, somebody here was something wrong with their left eye. God wants, I don't know what it is, if it's cataract or something that's causing pain in the left eye, but God wants to bring healing to that eye. And as he does that, you're going to begin to see more in the spirit realm as well. If there's going to be a physical, spiritual connection, when healing comes, it's going to open up your eyes to see all that he is doing. Amen. But let's just close our eyes now. Father, there might be somebody here where you've gone, Lord, I've been away from you. I've been doubting you. Yes, I might have been here each week, but I haven't come to that place of just surrendering my life to you. And I feel like there's somebody here that it's been a real battle that has gone on. It's been like a tug of war. Yes, no, yes, no, I'm not sure. But God is saying, tonight's your night. Now is your time. His heart is towards you. Your past cannot disqualify you because he qualifies you. And so if that is you here tonight and you're just saying, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to get ready for all that you have for me then I'm going to ask you just to lift up your hands so that I can see it. Amen. Amen. And so I want us, there might be other people here as well. We're just going to pray. Can we all just pray with these precious people? Father God, let's all just pray aloud. Father God, I thank you that tonight is my night, that as I come to you, as I surrender my life to you, that all my past is washed away, that you are my friend, you're my healer, you're my deliverer, you're my safe place. I give you my heart and I thank you that I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name.
I'm going to ask us all to stand. Just as Noah did last week, I really believe that if we want to step into and if we want to stretch, it requires activation on our part. It might be uncomfortable, but some of us need to make room and we need to make space and we need to break off the things that have restricted us. And for that to happen, we need to be bold, we need to be brave, and we need to step out. Amen. So as we begin to sing, I'm going to challenge each one of us to step out, to step forward. We're going to pray with some of you, yes. But if you believe in God for a miracle in any area, breakthrough in any area of your life, step out and step forward. Whether it's in the aisles, whether it's in the front, we're going to believe God to do a work in this place where something shifts, something changes, and something breaks. And we break into anticipation and we break into hope. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He's a God of the impossible. He's a God of the impossible. If you want to see more of God in your life, take a step for Him tonight. Amen.